Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Edgework Podcast here on the Hammer Betting Network. This is episode number two with our crew, the guys from the fourth period, David Penyota, Dennis Bernstein. I'm Zach Bodenstein. And guys, where do we start? Of course, we have to start with Bo Horvat. The whole landscape of the Vancouver Canucks was kind of touched on last week in the first episode. But today, things are kind of different because they actually have been proactive. They've dealt their captain, Bo Horvat, now a New York Islander. They get the return and a pretty good one in that for a rental that they didn't see, you know, a long-term fit with in terms of the contract situation with Atu Ratu, Anthony Beauvillier, who could kind of rekindle that magic that he found a few years ago. And they also get that protected first round pick. So Dave, let's start with you. Your overall take on this Bo Horvat trade and perhaps some extension talk on your end, if you're hearing anything. Yeah, um, I'll start there quickly. Uh, yes, they started right away. Um, they weren't able to, to talk to Pat Morris, Horvat's agent, before the trade, but as soon as it was done, they reached out to start that process. Um, I don't know how far along it is now, a few days later, but um, they did start it, or at least reached out right away to get the ball rolling. So I've got to imagine, like everybody else has been saying, uh, that Lou has an idea as to what the number is going to be to get Horvat signed. And that's why he made the move, um, because he felt comfortable enough that he'd at least be in the ballpark of trying to get him done. And if he doesn't sign, then I guess he'll just sewer him or something like that later on and whatever to, to save face. But, uh, I mean, everybody is pointing to, to an extension getting done at some point. Um, I'm of the belief that, you know, knowing how Lou Lamorello operates, um, that that is is there it's going to I, I think he's confident it's going to happen um so we'll have to wait and see what those numbers ultimately are in terms of the return guys it wasn't a grand slam maybe a solo shot just over the wall um it, I, I mean i think it was a good return i think ratu's going to be a good player i mean he fell in the draft there are a lot of people that surprised he fell that much even though they passed on, a lot of teams passed on him um but he he was their best prospect and I'll, I'll premise it by saying the Islanders prospect pool is not deep at all. Cool. Um, it's like a kiddie pool, but <laughs> he was the top guy. And, you know, is he a top six? Does he have top six potential? Yes. Uh, probably a second line type guy, but you add that you, uh, you add a first round pick wherever it's going to land. Um, and then you get a guy in, in a potential reclamation project in Anthony Bavillier or Antonio Bavillier, depending on, how you want to pronounce that. Um, and I think it was decent. I think it was a decent return, DB. It was decent. You uh, could have waited till March 3rd. Got Patrick Alvin think this was his best offer. So he took it. Uh, Beauvillier, yeah. He, for The reason the Islanders in the hole is because of guys like Beauvillier who haven't scored. So maybe, yes. yeah. you know, fresh start. I'm all for that. Ratu, I agree. He fell in the draft. Who knows? Conditional first. I guess the other side, the other side is more intriguing because 
it's not just about Bo and do you sign him, but what do you sign him at? Because, you know, Bo's on track for a 50-goal season, but I think he's shooting at 21%. He's not going to shoot 21% yeah. to down to the contract. So you're going to pay him at a 50-goal level, or you're going to pay him for what he probably is as a 30-30 guy. And is that $8 million? Is that $7 million? Yep. Is that $7.5? Is that good enough? Is there some other team that Pat Morris and the, the crew would be willing to go at free agency and, and talk to about? I don't know. The one thing in Lou's favor is he could resign it for an extra year. So the all-in price on his contract is probably going to be the most from the Islanders. But now they have to sign him. Now, the question is, he's a center, so what do you do it? I assume you put Barzell on the left because he's not close to the face-off guy. That, I think Bo's won the second-most face-offs in the NHL this season. So he's going to be a center. And so that's going to be Brock Nelson and, uh, and Bo Horvat would be a nice one-two punch. But I think that's the next question. Do you sign this guy, and what do you sign him at? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and that's just it. Like, the offer that the Canucks presented to Bo Horvat was a seven-year deal. And as far as we know, it was it was under $7.5 I think it was around seven. Now, maybe that got bumped up um, because allegedly they presented a, a, a revised offer last week, or at least the discussion of it. I'm not convinced there was a formal offer, but, I mean, it doesn't matter now. He's, he's an Islander, so... You know, is it going to be eight, eight and a half? Are the Islanders comfortable with that? Is Lou comfortable with that? Again, he's got to know the range that it would take to get Bo Horvat locked in or else he probably wouldn't have made this trade. So there's familiarity at least with the range if you're trusting the Canucks and what they're presenting and what they're telling you. Um, and now he knows firsthand because he's him and Pat Morris have had a discussion about it. Um, but you know, where do you go from there? And then you're right, DB does, does Nelson move to the left? Does Barzell move to the right? Like how, Yeah. I, I'm not sure how you, and do you want to load up from a goal scoring perspective? Do you want to have Nelson along with Bo Horvat and then probably Palmieri on the right would be a guess. Um, or do you want to have Horvat yeah. Lee on the left and Barzell on the right? Like that, it, it's it's a little confusing. I know Barzell struggled a little bit at the center position in terms of his defensive responsibilities right. yep. this year, but I mean, probably trying to do too much because you know this team had had some issues this month, or I guess we're sorry in January with respect to to defense. So and as good of a defensive team as they are, but but let's I, be I real. Mean, the, reason they, wait and see the reason they got in the last seven games, they haven't scored more than two goals. So and he has to sign him now. He's yeah. loose boxed in here. Like he, he he's got to make the playoffs. He's got to sign this player. And if he doesn't, then he's not gonna. He doesn't. We yeah. reported he doesn't have a contract for next season. Like yeah. it, I'm not saying this desperation, but it was the right move because this team needs to be prop up offensively. But now there's still work to do. It's not like they got a guy with term here, guys. They got a guy on a walk here who could very easily jam up their plans by saying, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna wait. And and, and here's the thing: why can't Bo Horvat wait until? I don't know. Right. Right at the end of the seat, take it to the end. So that that's what I would do because I got to think there might be another team. And not only that, if they miss the playoffs, does Bo want to stay there? I don't know. It, it's this story. You think it was over when the deal was made. It's far from over, especially from an Islander standpoint, at least, at least in the moment, because they have to make the playoffs. That's really not negotiable for at least the general manager's perspective. DB, yep. one of the, two of those two things actually has to happen. If one of them doesn't, it's a disaster. They have to make the playoffs and they have to re-sign this player. If not, yeah, it's a total waste of a trade, and you're giving up some decent assets. Now, last week, you're right, DB, we were talking about the New York Islanders and the fact that they don't score goals. They bring this this player in, obviously, 
with the hope that he's going to bring more offense. And on top of that, we also talked about how guys like Wallstrom and Beauvillier just haven't followed up on a pretty good start to their career. And, and this is a good opportunity for Beauvillier. I talked to you guys about this right after the trade happened. If you slot him in where Mikheyev was and you put him with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, he can rekindle something there. I, I do still believe in the player. He's got a shoot-first mentality. So, Dave, uh, Anthony Beauvillier, don't sleep on him in the return. Right. I think this is, like we were saying, I think this is an opportunity to, to have this little reclamation project under your belt. He's got a $4.15 million cap hit. He's got one more year left on his contract. Can he fit? And what has Jim Rutherford been talking about for the last several weeks? We're going to make moves. We want to get guys in their mid-20s, early to mid-20s. Well, they got that. Um, you know, can Beauvillier be a consistent 20-goal scorer? It's not a first-line player, but can he be a consistent 20-goal scorer? This is what they're going to find out. And if it doesn't work, because this is a rebuild slash retool or whatever the hell they want to call it there in Vancouver. They called it major uh, surgery, actually. So. Made, yeah. Well, I mean, this was they, – they got rid of an artery, that, and, and they're, trying to, they're trying to repair it. So yeah. can Bo be a guy who can, can, can get you 20 goals a year? Can he play at that pace? And if not – well, he's got one more year left on his contract, like I said. So you look to flip him next season as another possibility because this is not going to take one year for them to kind of rebound. You know, their, 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 their core is Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson, JT Miller, and Kuzmenko right now. Mm -hmm. Demko's not in there. No. Um, and we talked about this earlier on in the season, guys, um, that there was some question marks surrounding – Demko's desire to stick around. It's obviously been amplified a lot um, over the last couple of weeks. A few people, and, and uh, I'll give Elliot Friedman a lot of credit on this one. Uh, well, maybe, because we've kept it quiet. We were kind of told to, but he kind of blew this one out, um, that Demko um, is out there. And there are team, and they have had those discussions. Now, I, I personally believe that this is going to be something that's going to happen in the summer yes. um, because I don't, I don't see him being there for the duration of his contract. but. Major surgery, yeah, it includes that. It includes Brock Besser, Connor Garland, one way or another, Luke Shen, Tyler Myers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, they, they're going to make changes. And Bo's going to – I mean, we're going to find out what he can do and, and is he going to be a player that's a complementary piece to the core. Yeah, so the Vancouver Canucks obviously expected to make all of these changes. The trade deadline, guys, just about a month away. And, and just one other thing, sorry, on the on the Islanders' note, um, I was told the other day Oliver Wallstrom is done for the season. Uh, his injury, which I'm not going to reveal out of respect to them and to the Islanders, um, requires surgery. He either had it or is in the process of getting it. So um, all indications I'm being told is he's done for the season. Uh, so that frees up a bit of a roster spot. They're doing some cap maneuvering right now to try to maximize their cap. If the Islanders get back into it uh, from, in terms of playoff position and there's a little bit of wiggle room to add by the deadline to help their chances even more, I would not be shocked if Lou tries to do something else, if all those things happen. Yeah, it's a big loss up front uh, considering what his potential is. And, of course, the Islanders on the outside looking in, trying to get in. We'll talk about the playoff bracket a little bit more. But, of course, Vancouver has all these pieces to unload at this point. And, uh, DB, is your feeling that they want to be competitive as soon as next year? Or is this something that's going to take a few years for Vancouver to kind of get back into it? 
I think they're – well, when I look at the defense and goaltending, I don't think they're a contender next year. Like they have, that's the major surgery. Like if Demko's really not the guy you're going to trade him, who's your goalie? Spencer Martin? It's not Colin Delia. The blue line, that's why they're in that hole, because they traded for an OEL who's past his prime, who doesn't want to be traded and won't wave because he said, Elka, I waved to come to Vancouver. I like it here. I'm not leaving. Who's trading for Tyler Myers? Like, you know, look, I keep going back to Christopher Tanner. That was the biggest mistake. And Markstrom leaving, yeah, that was a problem too. But Christopher Tanner, Quinn Hughes, he's had a great season, but he solidified that defense. So do I see him as a contender next season? Well, they're going to have a training camp for Tockett to put in his new system. If they play better defense and he's a defense first guy, I guess they'll be better defensively. But let me see the surgery first. Let, let me diagnose the patient yeah. after yeah, the exactly. surgery. Okay, Zach, because like this roster is not a playoff roster. So do nope. you tell me their next season they're going to be a playoff team? Nope. Unless Let me see the changes. Let's see what they do to the defense. Let's see what happens in that before I can say, yeah, this is a legit uh, playoff team. Now, the one thing in their favor is the West isn't a bear right now. Like, you know, if if they have five more wins, they'd be in the playoff race, right? So I, I don't I, – it, it, it's easy to get back in the race. But, again, let's see what the surgery looks like. Let's see what the patient looks like afterwards. And then we can assess their, their likelihood for making the playoffs next season. Yeah, think about how many multi-goal leads they blew, too. So you talked about five wins would kind of get them back in it. If even yeah. half of those didn't happen, right. they're probably in the thick of things. But again, the problems with this team go way beyond that. So the Vancouver Canucks, uh, we will see because there's lots to come with this team. Um, so Bo, Bo Horvat was not given the opportunity to talk uh, extension with another team before the, the trade actually was orchestrated. Timo Meyer, that's not the case, Dave. The Sharks are actually giving teams permission to talk extension with him before a deal is done. What are you hearing? What are you feeling right now in the Timo Meyer talk? Right. Um, well, they will. So they've got to agree to the parameters of a deal. So they have to be comfortable with, okay, if you sign him to an extension, um, here's what the package is going to look like. So once they figure that out, then they'll say, okay, Team X, go talk to Claude Lemieux, his agent, see if you can hammer out a deal. Like Claude thinks that his client's getting traded, um, but team's not going to pay the max uh, or, or a premium at least if they don't know that they can get him locked into an extension. Now, yes, he's a restricted free agent, but as we all should know by now, that $10 million qualifying offer that he has to retain his rights is hanging over, which is why it makes it easier to facilitate a trade if you don't have to worry about that and you have an extension in place. So for teams that want Timo Meyer. <laughs> Hold on, I'm just looking. Sorry, I thought I saw something. Uh, then you be, you better be able to pay up, and then you can negotiate that extension. And if it works out, boom, trade's done, contract's done, all that stuff. But, yes, New Jersey definitely in the mix on Timo Meyer, and um, they'd, they'd love to make it happen. They have the tools to make it happen, but I don't know what Mike Greer and San Jose is asking for. Like, if they want, you know, Nemich – I don't see that nope. necessarily happening as, as, as the main piece of a return. Alex Holtz, probably. Um, Holtz, a first-round pick. And I and doubt they're trading the rights to Jack Hughes' brother. <laughs> no. Right, exactly. Um, so I, I think there's more of an appetite for them to move out a player like Holtz, a prospect and, and young player like Holtz, because again, you're bringing in Timo Meyer, who's 26 and presumably locked into a seven, eight year extension. Uh, so I think that makes sense. But yeah, Nemich and, and Luke Hughes, 
I think those are off the table in terms of a willingness. So does that mean, again, it's, it's, it's Holtz a first and another young top quality asset. And is there another team like the New York Rangers who would beat that? Would they be willing to move out Kako? Would they be willing to move out Lafreniere? I don't know. Um, we already got in trouble once for that. Sense. We already got in trouble once for that. Oh, I know. That with that player. I know. I got in trouble for telling the truth, and their camp was being lied to. But they found that out after, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> thick skin. It's okay. The uh, I, I, I'm honestly I'm curious about what the Rangers try to do here because they were in on Horvat. They lose out on Horvat. Do they want to lose out on Timo Meyer to New Jersey now? I think that's the other consideration for a team like the New York Rangers. So, and yes, there are other parties and because he's RFA and controllable, that's why we're hearing Buffalo, which is what we first reported a couple of weeks ago, which is why we're hearing teams like Philly, Montreal, Detroit, totally out of it that have knocked on the door to see what that price tag is going to be. And then you've got the contending teams, the Rangers, um, the devils and, and so on. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one unfolds, but it definitely looks like he's going to be moved at some point. Um, is anyone going to step up before the deadline to make that happen? We got four and a half weeks to see. If the Rangers missed out on Timo Meyer, what about Patty Kane? Have you heard anything on him? Because uh, again, everything that I've seen is that they haven't even had that conversation yet, but are they a team that might be interested in a guy like Kane, a guy who of course is a pending UFA on a last place team? Well, yeah, I mean, the Rangers are definitely linked to and have interest, legitimate interest in Patrick Kane. Um, I think this week they've started, I believe, it might be right after All-Star, but I think the, the plan was to at least connect this week with Kane, Taves, their agent, Pat Brisson, Kyle Davidson, the, the GM of the, of the Hawks, to at least start this process. Like, there's no decision that's going to be made until probably mid to late February, um, but the Rangers will be in it in terms of Patrick Kane. But I don't know if it's clear cut. Like, I don't know if, if they're willing to give up a top tier young kid in a package and also figure out how the hell to make the money work. So I don't know if, I mean, yes, in terms of destinations, they're right up there, but they're going to have to get creative in how they potentially make this happen. The other team, guys, it's not talked about enough. I keep trying to. I guess pump the tires on this one, much to the chagrin of Jim Nill and the Dallas Stars. But I think Dallas is right in there. I, and, I, and I think that Patrick Kane would consider Dallas as well as an option, um, along with along with the New York Rangers. If he does decide DB to to get yeah. moving, I think Dallas and, and New York are right up there. And this history in, in in Dallas about a longtime player with a franchise who was there forever coming over, Joe Pavelski. So if I'm Jim Nill, I want right. Joe Pavelski to talk to Patrick Kane and say, hey, I came here. We have a great team. It's a great place to live. It's a, it's a tax-free state. Um, so that makes sense. And I think the Rangers, th that's a pure rental. So if you're gonna, if you can trade for Timo Meyer, you're, you're going to probably have to give up less for Patrick Kane. At least I would think so. Uh, to me, that's yeah. the most logical thing. Absolutely. Because I think Patrick fits in this. Yeah, you talked about uh, Kako and Lafreniere. When those guys get top-line reps – They've been, you know, they've been doing their thing. They've, they've looked good. It's just a matter of them getting those opportunities. So 
do they obviously move on to go all in this year? We will see. Dave, I should say DB, let's uh, get to you about the LA Kings because yeah. there's talk about them maybe getting some help in net. They've got three goalies on the books right now. Mm -hmm. Two of them are pretty expensive. One, not so much, but he's playing like a starter. They lost to Carolina yesterday. He didn't have much help out there when he was given when he gave up, you know, most of those five goals. But uh, mm. your overall take on the LA Kings goalie situation right now, and perhaps if they are in the market for another goalie. Well, I, they, there's some chatter about Thatcher Demko, who's injured right now. But unless you're sitting Cal Peterson back, if you trade for Thatcher Demko, you've got over fifteen million dollars in cap space in net. When you really need a left defenseman, like it makes no sense to me. And all that. What are you going to do? Are you going to waive Phoenix Copley? Well, Phoenix Copley, and he was, he contributed to the loss last night. He gave him a bad rebound on that second goal, in the, in the, or the first goal in the third period that made it 4-2. Wasn't great on the, the tip-in. Um, power play goal at the, at overtime wasn't his fault. The guy's 15-3-1. And, and if you look at his numbers, they're about the same as Martin Jones. And Martin Jones, that people think, what a great reclamation project. He's had a great year. His numbers are the same. The team's playing really good in front of him. You're not going to waive Jonathan. Jonathan. There's 30 games left in the regular season. Jonathan Quick's played there for what, 15 years? You're not waiving Jonathan Quick in a trade like this. So I don't get. And people say about Cam Talbot, you can't guarantee me that Cam Talbot, who also is injured, is going to be a, a better replacement than Phoenix Copley. They're stuck right now. So this chatter about making a trade for a goaltender, a fourth goaltender, like, let's be real, guys. What contending, legit contending team has four goaltenders that are all healthy? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Wave Jonathan Quick and put him in the minors? No. Are you going to wave Phoenix Copley? He's going to get picked. He's going to get claimed. They'll fix this problem in the offseason, not now. It, it just doesn't make sense. What they really need to do, what Rob needs to do, because what's happening now when you watch, and they're still winning games. They're on track for 97 points. They have the third easiest schedule remaining. They played a lot of games. They played 53 games. right? But what the, the better teams are doing, like Carolina did, like uh, Tampa did the other night when they played them, they forecheck the hell out of this team because the, the defense moving the puck, they have issues clearing the puck from their own zone. It's just not working. They need a legitimate left defense. Sean Jersey really liked the kid. He's tried really hard, produces offense for this kid. He's not a left defenseman. He's just not. He's playing off his backhand a lot, and teams see that, and they scout it, and that's going to be challenging an issue. They need to make that trade. for the, If they're going to make a trade in season, which they may not even do, they need to go get chicken. They need to go get Provorov. They need to go rent Gabrikov. That's what they need to do here, not get another goaltender. Yep. Because if you look at the – I just – I don't see it from a cap. Like, you're really going to spend $15 million on goaltending when you're really, truly not a contender? Like, if, if Columbus ever gets healthy and trades for a 2C, they're going to win the West. But if not, teams like L.A., if they take a big swing and that's the only team, you swing for a left defense. You can get out of the – you could get win the division and you could get out of the West if Colorado is not going to be in full strength. So – that's my take. Yeah, the, the, there's going to be a new goaltender in Los Angeles. Uh, it won't be this season. It'll be next season. Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> Rob. And listen to me. Throw the goalie Do in it. the bargain. Big, Do, yeah, make, yeah, Big right. swing. Make it huge. Swing make it huge. Um, just, we know that LA loves Jacob Chikrin. They love to make it happen. I don't know specifically what they were asking for now. I know last year they were asking for Gabe Velarde to be part of a deal. Obviously, that's not happening now. Um, but, I mean, you got to figure out a way to get Jacob Chikrin in there. Like, I, I know, like, Gavrikov, I think, would be a great stopgap. Um, and he's, he's under 30. I mean, what is he, 27, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, 
and he's a sturdy, strong, stay-at-home defenseman that if I'm a contending, any contending team, I'm taking him on my team. Um, so I don't, and they're asking for a first round pick as part of that deal. I don't know if Rob does that, Rob Blake. Um, but Jacob Chikrin, man, like two more years on that deal, $4.6 million cap hit. I, and he's played great. It. He's been great yeah. since he came back. Like his price is, is, is justified now. Impact player for sure. Yep. And and because of his performance, that three to four asset package is, is like I said, it's justified. So I just want to see it happen. I've been clamoring for LA to go after this since we found out first that he was available and that teams were taking calls on him. So I say do it. I mean, again, I don't know the price, so it's a hell of a lot easier for me to well, say that because he, I want it to happen. Here's the thing: the, the Kings have the Kings now after the, they're on their bye weeks. They're going to be playing on the what the 13th or something like that. The four games after the break. Yeah. Like that's a four key game. They have a couple of home games, then they go back out east for like another five or six game road trip. These four games they play right after the break. That's going to be an indication to Rob of what to do, right? Because I, I always remember what Dean Lombardi told me here way back in the day. When you're getting to this point in the season, you want your team to show you that they want help, that they need another piece to add to make a run. Like so, those four games that before they go on away, if they lose those four games, then Rob, you know, right now they're going to make the playoffs. So Rob's not in panic, but he has to make that massive move for a goaltender or a left defenseman. It would be nice. It would be great. So that's, and Rob's the most conservative GM I've ever come across. So when Dave talks about trading his first round pick, they didn't have a first round pick last year because they traded for Fiala. Look how that worked. That worked pretty decently. So they have two seasons in a row of no first round pick. I, I, not for a rental, like for Jacob right. Chicken. Yeah. Right. And maybe throw in another third, you know, it, it's, these first round picks when you're 20, 22, 23, whatever, you make the playoffs, they're not that valuable. And I've always said that these, these, you know, yep. I'm a Rams fan. And they traded all their draft picks to win it all. So I'm I'm all for trading draft picks because I just think that most of these guys, and they, I could go down the list in LA. Like Turcotte was a fifth overall pick. Hasn't worked out. Byfield. The, and, and, that's, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like you can afford to give up your first round pick like DB's talking about, not only because you got a guy in their mid twenties that's controllable. You've got one of the deepest prospect pools in the National Hockey yeah. League, so you can afford to give up a first. Like going back to Jersey, their prospect pool is deep, yep. so you can give up a top kid and a first round pick, and really not miss a beat if you're keeping a guy in his mid twenties that's signed. Yep. Like LA Turcotte, he hasn't worked out, but is Turcotte following that same pattern as Gabe Velarde in terms of now Velarde had injuries and a whole bunch of other things? But is he following that similar pattern in terms of his progression? Like Quinton Byfield is not going to get moved unless it's a ridiculous blockbuster that's not – I mean, you're talking about a different type of player um, coming back. But he's taking a little bit of time to, to well, adjust. The, the, so the challenge is with, with Turcotte and all these other prospects, at least on the Ford Walls Act, they got too many players because all these guys were signed. Like, you know, Moore got signed yeah. to an extension. Yeah. Fayal's signed to an extension. Maybe you would move out a guy like Victor Arbiton who would have one year left on his deal. But they have Trevor Moore signed to a deal. I assume they're going to keep Velarde. They have Kaliev. They got too many forwards. And at some point, Rob's going to have to make the deal. It's just that he's very conservative and taking his time. And the team's in a playoff spot, so he's not panicking. Too many cooks in the kitchen, they say. Exactly. It's a good problem. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And sorry, I keep looking at my phone. And before, I was trying to find a piece of paper to write Jacob Chikrin. Um, <laughs> but also, while we're recording this, the Columbus Blue Jackets have announced that uh, – Gustav Nyquist is done for the regular yeah. season. Uh, so 
but they specified regular season. Right. Exactly. Uh, he does not require surgery. So please um, trade but for it him. Does, it does hurt his trade value. So is a team going to be willing uh, to give up like a fifth, sixth round pick maybe for Gus Nyquist in hopes that um, that he comes back for the playoffs? And Because if he is done, then you can LTIR him. Mm-hmm have him come back for postseason and and there you go tampa but <laughs> like, like oh <laughs> no dude. i traded for future totally consideration but if i'm tampa i'm saying future considerations so i don't know if he's going to play or not or you know yeah. a, a conditional fifth that goes to a third if he plays you know right if he plays in the playoffs or something like that right exactly play plays four games in the playoffs it goes from a sixth to a third or a yeah. fourth or whatever I'd love to see him there. That would be a great fit because we talked about their forward depth and even their, their blue line depth. I'd love to see them go after Luke Shen. To have Chernak, Shen, Perbix on the right side would be excellent. <laughs> and for a guy like Nyquist, who played really well in that playoff run with the Sharks a few years ago when they got him at the deadline, for them to kind of move a guy down, slot down a left winger, maybe move Nick Paul to the middle, whatever they want to do, they can get kind of creative there with this lineup. So Tampa, we talk about it all the time. They cruise towards the postseason. They really start to get it going on. Guys, Andre Vasilevsky doesn't even have a shutout in like his last 84 games or something like that in the regular season. But in the playoffs, as Leafs fans know, it's hard to score on that guy. So, uh, Tampa is, uh, is certainly looking towards the playoffs. I, I wouldn't count them out for Gustav Nyquist either. I wouldn't count now. Now that there's this parameter in place, now that there's this little asterisk next to him that he's done for the regular season. I don't know what this means. The regular season. Um, it's like Joey from Friends. I'm sorry. Um, like th- this is this there is a team that I would regular season though. Well, because season. Because I'm emphas- I'm trying to emphasize. That's why I was doing it wrong. I was trying to emphasize playoffs. Okay. Like if I'm Toronto. I'm going, ah, crap, are the, are the Bolts going to pull this stuff off? And are we going to have to face this guy in the postseason? Like, if I'm the Leafs, who have a little bit of cap space, but also LTIR could be in their favor here, and they're looking for somebody to come in on the second line left wing, I, 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 I mean, if I'm a playoff team, I'm calling Columbus and I'm going, give me his medical report. I need to know if he's going to be potentially ready to come back in that first round or if I'm a top-tier team, maybe second round. Let me see his medical report. Let me see if he's going to come back. If it's realistic, we'll make it happen because he could be a hell of an ad uh, in terms of depth scoring for a team come playoff time. I I think it could be a pretty shrewd acquisition for a playoff-bound team. When you look at the Leafs lineup, you got to think that, yes, there's chatter about D, but they also need a top-six winger. Maybe he fits there too, like you said. Um, We'll do a quick exercise to end it off, DB. One team that is currently in playoff position to miss the playoffs, and then one that is currently on the outside looking in to make it. We're at the all-star break. This is a a very good indicator of where teams stand at this point. Okay. um, Since I love Daryl Sutter so much, I'll say that Calgary misses the playoffs. Um, They'll they'll back (laughs) up because they still don't. So that's it. Uh, The one team I think is going to get in, that would, um, I think, warm everyone's heart that they did. Buffalo. I think Buffalo Buffalo is has their eyes on Washington because uh, right now I think Pittsburgh got three games in hand on them, but they're, what, three yeah. points behind Washington coming in or, or maybe five yep. now because Washington won last night. I, I like Buffalo. I think if they can clean up a little bit more defensively and on, the, on the back end down the stretch, they can get it because they can get hot. They're the best – Offensive team in the league. I think that's a team. And they, Jack, the, 
just the fact that they're in the conversation, this is already a win for this organization. Like it, it, it's a win for Kevin Adams. It's a win for Donnie Granado. It's a win for this organization. This is going to be a deep, dangerous team. Um, Tage Thompson has galvanized the offense. You have two first overall picks on the blue line and now Owen Power scoring goals. So I would, I would think that. And so a little facetious on Calgary, but I think the swap would be Washington out because they're still banged up. Tom Wilson's out again. And Buffalo takes that spot over the Islanders and uh, the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I'm worried about Washington um, more than more than Pittsburgh because, like Pittsburgh goes through. I mean, they both go through kind of like right. spurts and roller coaster rides and all that stuff. But the Islanders, for me, I mean, this is another freaking team that's just infuriating because. Before they won two in a row and before they made this Horvat trade, they were out. Like, the sky yeah. was falling on Long yeah. Island. Done. Like, it, Long Island was breaking off, going into the Atlantic, hitting yep. an iceberg, and going right down. And now they win two in a row. They get Horvat. I mean, there's some – it's 50-50 on the trade, but I think his acquisition is going to help them get that extra goal, you know, when they need yeah, it. They're so a better team right two now. A night, they might, yeah, no question. They're a better exactly. team right now. And when you've got Sorokin in net, and with that decor, I'm worried about the Caps. I think the Islanders have have enough to bounce into a wild card spot. I think Washington could potentially drop out of it. Denver, Pittsburgh, I'm leaning towards the Caps side, even though, I mean, like the playoff, the goals record's not going to count the playoffs for Ovi, but um, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. I think the West now is a little bit more secured. Um, with Colorado back in it. Mm-hmm. I don't really see a team jumping out. I, I'm a little worried about Vegas because I'm concerned about Mark Stone's overall mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. So there's a little bit of concern there from Vegas' side. I'm not ready to, to, to count them out by any stretch. Um, I think Calgary's got a hell of a, cl- a hill to climb. So that's going to be a tough one. Vegas right now has like two things going for them. They're getting these reclamation slash randoms just kind of coming in. Michael Mario, Paul Cotter, these guys are doing damage. Logan Thompson looks great, but this team, you mentioned the health. They can't score goals. They're not defending right now. They just got Shea Theodore back, but, you know, a poor showing uh, at MSG, poor showing on the island. It's not really clicking right now for the Golden Knights. That said, they have kind of solidified their position earlier in the year, but Dave, like you said, not a done deal with the Vegas Golden Knights right now, especially if Mark Stone's out long-term. They said week-to-week a couple weeks ago. So uh, we'll see with with the Vegas Golden Knights and Mark Stone. You know, Zach, when they say week-to-week, it's never a week when they say week-to-week. It's never a week. It's a month. When when they say week-to-week, it's cross off a month for the guy because I'm I'm pretty sure he's close to – getting to a, a month out. And, that, and yeah, they're, they're t- and right now, Calgary's on the outside looking in, so it's going to be interesting. The one X factor, I think, in the West is Nashville. What's Nashville? They're starting to play better. They're another streaky team. They have the... Well, guy, he doesn't yeah, have yeah. so obviously. Uh, they have the goalie in Soros. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. So that that's so that... And it's, again, it's, there's 10 teams, because St. Louis is done. If they're not backing up the moving vans to whatever that arena is now called, Enterprise or whatever, um, in St. Louis, they should be. Like that game in Winnipeg on what was it Monday, Zach? When they were up two nothing in the third and lost three two, I'm like, okay, it's yeah. over, it's done. Like trade O'Reilly, trade Tarasenko, and just move on because this team is done. They're not making the playoffs, and they've been battling injuries all year too. Now Buchnevich out with Krug coming back, 
Mets in St. Louis. So they've got to figure some things out. Guys, have a great time in Florida for real this time. DB, your flight is coming up in a few hours. Dave, you'll be flying out soon as well. Have yeah. an excellent time. Check out their stuff on the fourth period in terms of the trade rumors, the trade talk, also the all-star game coverage. It's going to be an awesome time. So that is episode two for the Edgeword podcast. You can check out our best bets five days a week as well. So breaking down all the action in terms of betting and how you can make yourself some money. And we will bring you episode three next week here on the Edgeword podcast. So thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of your day.